0: Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv.
1: Thank you all for coming, deciding to worship our Savior Jesus Christ, with us in person. Those of you who are watching online, we welcome you to celebrate and worship Jesus with us. And I had been given the task, the pleasure, to continue in what Pastor Mike is talking about, God first. And part of putting God first is doing things His way. And the title of my message today is Uncomfortable Conversations. You might say, well, how are we putting God first with uncomfortable conversations? How many of you guys have gotten in a disagreement or have been offended or got your feelings hurt by somebody that you love? Okay, we should see every hand. If you haven't, it's not a relationship. (laughs) So listen, uh, and Jesus and God gave us an example in his word how to confront uncomfortable conversations, and I'm going to go through a bunch of scriptures with you at first, and then we're going to camp out. So picture this. We're going to go hiking, and we got to get to the campground before the sun sets, but when the sun sets, that's where we're going to camp out, and we're going to roast some marshmallows, okay? So Isaiah 43:25 says this. Even I, this is God talking, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and remembers your sins no more. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says this, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against somebody, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ephesians four thirty two says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. You know that if you look at scriptures in the Bible for forgiveness towards believers, there's over 60 of them. You know that Jesus taught specifically that believers, those are 100% righteous in Jesus, have to forgive each other. Now that leads us to the next thing. If you have to forgive somebody, that means they have offended you in some way. So these are righteous people. These are forgiven people. These are people that love God just like you and I. These are ourselves included. We have to forgive because we've been forgiven by the Lord. You guys getting this? It's uncomfortable, but it's okay. We're going to get through it. Forgive and you will be forgiven. That's Luke six uh, thirty-seven says this. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Think about it. These are great scriptures. Matthew eighteen twenty one, and this is where I want to camp out for a little bit. Matthew 8, 21, Peter comes up to Jesus, and he says something that's very interesting. Now, he's coming up to Jesus. You ever seen, like, a teacher's pet at school, and they're, they're saying something to the teacher, hoping that the teacher's going to give them like, a gold star, and they're not doing it, like, because they're really learning. They're doing it to, like, flaunt and show off to the class that they're smarter than everybody else? Nobody went to school with those kids? Okay. Okay, just a couple of us. Maybe we had the same class. Okay. So Peter goes up to Jesus, and he says, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother? And the disciples are right next to him. So it's literally like he's speaking up. He's like, how many times should I forgive these guys? Up to five. No, 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 not five. No, no. Seven times? And Jesus looks at him and says, oh, geez. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. But this is what Jesus says. (laughs) This is awesome. Up to seven times, Jesus answered. I tell you, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Now think about what he did. He took his effort and Jesus said, Your effort is useless. 70 times 7. 490 times forgive somebody. And I don't think Jesus was being specific to hold account because remember, right here, God says that He will remember your sins no more. He blots out your transgressions for His own sake. So it's not that Jesus is saying, Listen, when they get to 491, you're done with them. It's okay. He's saying 70 times 7, 490 times. And what Jesus says to Peter is that don't have a mindset of keeping track of what people do to you. Have a mindset of having a forgiven heart like my father has to you. So with the manner that we judge, we'll be judged. But when we forgive, we will be forgiven. And the important thing about church is, I don't know about you, but I've been excited. We've been attending the prayer on Wednesday nights and Saturdays and we've been praying for this year and we're excited what God's gonna do through this church Amen. this year and something that happens in churches is that there's something called division that creeps in and division creeps in in several different ways division first creeps in through this area offense and when it creeps in through a fence there's splinters that happen, and what people tend on, tend on doing when it's splinters, instead of confronting people, we withdraw. Instead of going to somebody, hey, listen, you hurt my feelings, this bothered me, we tend to withdraw, and instead of withdrawing to ourselves, this is what we do. Hey, um, I just got to talk to you about something, what, what do you need to talk, do um, you believe that this person did this to me? And you say something an offense that was committed to you, and when that happens, this is uh, uh, this is usually what happens right after. But don't tell anybody, because I don't want to start any drama. Let me tell you something: when you say that, you are starting drama. You might say, "Well, well I'm not starting drama. I'm saying I just I got a vent." We're gonna find out through scripture how Jesus said to take care of things, offenses, and how we're to forgive. Because what happens is, if we come in and we tell one person, hey, do this, we can never just tell one person. You can never just tell one person something that's bothering you. God made us to communicate what's going on. How many of you guys have been in a marriage? How many you guys have been married? Okay, when you got communication, things are great. When you don't have communication, things are not great. When you think they're great and there's no communication, guess what? They're not great. When believers think that I can communicate with somebody, but I don't want to cause drama, because guess what? That person doesn't want to say anything to the person, but they're going to know this person did this to you. That's wrong, but I'm cool. I keep my confidence and I'm not going to say anything, but what's happened is now two people have a sour opinion of somebody else and the person that they have a sour opinion of, the person who is told, they have no idea what truly happened. It's secondhand information. You might say, why am I talking about this today? What does this have to do with God first? If we're to reach the world outside of here, we have to make sure that we're unified in here because we have a mission and a mandate from God to reach the world the Bible says that the world will know my, you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. Or another way you could say it, the unity you have one for another. If you read in Acts, the Bible says they had all things in common. If you read that and you don't understand the the background, it's not that they all grew up in the same neighborhood. It's not that they grew up with a set of friends. You had people who were very well off in the church. You had people who were barely surviving in the church, but everything they had in common was we're all going to do what the Scripture says to do. We're all going to put God first place in our life, and when God's first place in our life, we're going to get the results. And guess what? It started out that the church was 120 members. And then a couple chapters later, or literally uh, with the day of Pentecost, it goes to 3,000. And then from there, the Bible says that God added to the church daily well, then if you go on a couple chapters, then there's multiplication that happens. And then after that, a couple more chapters, it's great multiplication. By chapter five in Acts, Jerusalem, which housed about 250,000 people, about 125 to 150,000 of them were Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. How'd they do that? Because there was unity. And where there's unity, God commands a blessing. And when there's a blessing, growth happens. Why do we want to reach our community? Is it for numbers sake alone? No. But yes. I said, what do you mean by that? Every person that calls on the name of the Lord Jesus is a person that's going to spend eternity with God and not in hell. And if we believe that, we should get on board with this. That, hey, We're here for such a time as this. For such a cause as this. And you might say, well, I I don't like you saying that. Well, that's what the Bible says. Talk to God about it. Yeah, we don't have to get into debate. It's clear, clear as day. So what happens when we have this unity and God commands a blessing? He does this so the world can see, hey, there's something different about these guys. When people offend them, they don't take it with them. How many of you guys love the fact that there's nothing you can do to lose your salvation? that make you feel good? Isn't it sad, though, that a lot of Christians lose relationships with believers in the church? Think about it. I've been in church pretty much my whole life. You know how many people I've seen come and go, and people that were super close, and now they're not close anymore, and they both serve and worship the same God that forgave them of every offense committed against Him, and every offense since they've called Jesus Savior after Yet we can't forgive each other. You might say, what's going on? Nothing's going on. But I know the devil. And if we want to be unified for the cause of Jesus Christ in 2023, if we want to do the work that God has for us, we got to talk about some uncomfortable things. We got to sit there and discuss things that are not comfortable, but are necessary for our growth. You know what I tell my son when he did something wrong? Go make it right. A lot of times it's very easy for us to do wrong by people, but it's very hard to own up to what we've done. And that's part of growing in the image of Christ to where we could sit there and be like, you know what? I'm sorry that I offended you. I truly am. Will you forgive me? And then it's up to us are we going to be spiritual like Jesus? Or are we just going to be like, you know, Jesus forgives you, but I ain't Jesus? How many Christians have said that? But Jesus saved us to grow into the image of Him. So the world, when they see us, they shouldn't see a difference in the love language. They should see the love of Christ in us that we walk in this love, we grow in this love, and when people offend us, we're not easily offended. Why? So people can see Christ in us. They can see the work, the masterpiece that God's doing in us. Do you know that Paul had to confront Peter publicly, Paul, an apostle, actually confronted Peter, an apostle who was an eyewitness of Jesus, and said, hey, you're doing this wrong, and Paul said he confronted him to his face, and Peter, after Peter writes in his epistles about, listen guys, listen to what Paul's saying. Listen to what he's saying in scripture. He's hard to understand sometimes. How many of you have read the Bible? It's hard to say. Peter said that about Paul. So you're in good company. Peter's like, I know he's hard to understand. You know, sometimes he goes way deep. But listen, it's truth. I want you guys to listen to what I'm saying because it's truth of scripture. When somebody offends us, it's our opportunity to walk in the same love that God has for us to them. It says this right here in Proverbs 17 9. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Think about this. Dwelling on it separates close friends. Here's my next question Are your friendships worth fighting for? Or are you a taker in the friendship? If you could walk away from somebody that you've developed a relationship with, you're selfish. This is not the message that everybody wants to hear, but it's the message that we need to hear if we're going to grow into the image of Christ. How value, you just devalue the relationship and all the work and the time and the effort. If you can walk away from somebody who offended you and you walk away with them, from them, without even giving them the opportunity to make it right, we're better than that. Why are we better than that? Because Christ died for us. Why are we better than that? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. We should be able to forgive anybody anything because we've been forgiven from everything we've done to God. And God holds us to that standard. You know that in the Bible, Jesus says a parable about a servant who owed his master a lot. A lot. I want you to think of a number that's unattainable and multiply it. And when they had this conversation, Jesus sharing it, what happens is the master comes and he calls him to settle the debts. And in this day and age, if you couldn't pay your debts off, if you couldn't pay them back, you'd go to the prison, you'd be sent, uh, work it off, or you'd be sold into slavery. It was tough. You know, thank God we live in America. You know, you can't pay your bills. All right, we're going to mark your credit bad. You know, this is totally different. It's like, all right, you're going to work it off for the rest of your life or your kids are going to work it off. So it's a, a motivation to have good stewardship. So all of a sudden, Jesus is talking about this master, and the guy's freaking out. He's like, I can't pay this back. And the master has mercy on him. And the master has such mercy, he said, I forgive you your debts. And it equates the equivalent to like 30 million bucks. That's the equivalent. So let's just put a $30 million price there. Most of us, I don't think anybody in here can pay a $30 million debt. Okay, it's a lot of money. So then what happens, the guy walks out, and he sees a guy less than him, and he owes him like 10 grand. So you'd think that a guy that was forgiven of all this against a king or a ruler would forgive somebody lower than him, same situation, kind of, forgive him, but he doesn't. And he throws him into the prison, and he's irate with him. Well, guess what happens? You ever seen Christians do things that aren't Christ-like? And what do you say? You call yourself a Christian. (laughs) You know what his his comrade said? You call yourself a forgiven person. Guess what they did? They went to the master and they told the master, yo, you just gave, wiped out his debt from all this and he just threw a guy in the prison for like 10 grand. You know what happened? The master was so I irate with him he said you evil wicked servant and he threw him right there the bible says he threw him in the dungeon where there was tormenting and gnashing of teeth why am i saying this because we're supposed to go to the image of god the image of christ we're supposed to walk in love how do we walk in love we first receive the unconditional love of god you cannot give something you haven't received if you don't have $100, you can't give $100. But if you have eternal forgiveness, everlasting forgiveness, you can give forgiveness to anybody who offends you. It's, and you might say, well, you don't know how hard it is. Like, I'm this type of per- I don't care what type of person you are. You were that type of person against God, and he forgave you. So no matter what type of person you think you are, it might be harder, it might be easier. I don't care. God doesn't care. Deal with it. You might say, well, how do I deal with it? I'm glad you asked. How do I deal with it? Philippians four eight says this: Finally, brethren, whatever, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellent, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. First way to have forgiveness towards somebody: find the positive in them everybody's not 100% evil as far as, as their, their works and what they do. You might say, oh, they're terrible at everything they do. Do they have nice eyes? Focus on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they have nice hair. Yeah, they got nice hair. All right, we'll focus on the hair. Everything else is terrible. God wants you to find something to focus on. Don't dwell on the negative. Find something that's worth focusing on, Okay. Now we get to what Jesus is. You guys are ready for what Jesus is about it? Matthew 18, 15 through 17 says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Right there, first thing you do, you don't tell your friend, you don't tell anybody else, you go to that person. I have failed step one numerous times. So you're, if you failed step one, you're in good company, all right? first thing I've done, well, i got to go tell someone, can you believe so-and-so did this to me? That's terrible. What's going to happen? Nothing. I'm just going to look at him. weird. Hmm. We're making light of something that's so close. And if you guys get what the Scripture's saying, you'll have freedom in your life. Listen to what he says. So step one, if you find, if, tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained a brother. If he does not listen, okay, step two. If he does not listen to you, what does it say? Take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. Now I want you guys to focus on this. This is a game changer. You tell the two Or three people that are not gonna hold only them accountable, that are also gonna hold you accountable. So I need two or three people. There's one. Pastor Eric, can you come up here? And let's get Pastor Donna up here. (laughs) Look at her face. She's so happy to be up here. I need one more. Pastor Rachel. Thank you. So I'm sitting here. Yeah, great looking staff. That was the Lord, that's that's the Lord. So me and Eric are friends. Let's say Eric does something that offends me. So what I do, I talk to Eric, here, come here Eric, we go off alone, we're sitting here and I'm like, listen, it bothers me that you did this. (laughs) That guy. So I go to my two or three friends Hey, guess what? Eric offended me. I went to talk to him. This happened. Can we all talk to him together? Really? No, sorry. Okay, thank you. great I do. let's all come this way. So we all have a conversation. Eric, come here, Pastor Eric. No, but here but here's here's the truth of what Jesus is saying. You don't take the three witnesses to say, you dirt come scumbag. Yeah, <laughs> We got stones right here to throw at you. What we do is, here, come here. We're all talking again. I say, this happened. Eric says his version of the story. And guess what? The two or three witnesses, sometimes they're saying, you know, Chris, you're kind of being a baby about this. Yeah. <laughs> that was too fast, babe. <laughs> so sometimes you're the one at fault because you're just too sensitive. Sure. 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 Thank you. Actually, God. they're so fast I don't know if they're like messing with me three new people no I'm just kidding <laughs> so sometimes when you have the fault with somebody the fault is you but so many times we don't want to do it God's way we want to tell our friend here can you believe this happened to me yeah. he did that you believe that yeah. don't tell anybody let's keep it between us But then this is what happens. Pastor Donna. Yeah. And then I look at Pastor Eric. I'm like, what's up, brother? Love you in Jesus Christ, this guy. And then they go, oh, Pastor Eric. So act like you're happy to see him. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. So then this is what happens. Somebody that's new to church comes in, and you could sense when there's tension. They're like, boy, this is drama. I don't want that drama. And they come into church, and they walk right back out of church. Because how can we share on an a all-loving, all-merciful, forgiving God that forgives you of everything, but we can't forgive each other of offenses that we pick up? And sometimes you're the problem. So what happens is we're supposed to do it this way so they can say, you know what, Eric, you were wrong in that, but Chris, you were wrong in this. And then hopefully we we'll work it out and it's like, yeah, this is great. And then we all go home friends. And then no other people are coming. No other wedges of division happen. See, the devil comes in to divide. What would happen in your body if you had cells that were dividing cells in your body? That's cancer. <laughs> Thank you. That's it's awesome. True. I'm serious. So many of us are actually cancer cells in our church that we supposedly love. And you know what's crazy about cancer? It takes and takes and separates, and it kills itself. It's a kamikaze mission. What happens when people, and this is what happens almost every time, when people get exposed as being the gossip, where are they? I don't know. they just gone. Because they can't face the fact When really, it's not that believers can't forgive, it's that you gotta deal with you. And when you deal with you, the body of Christ can deal with both of you. You guys getting this? Thank you very much. But wait, there's more. If he refuses to listen to them... Tell it to the church. The whole church. And nothing but the church. No, I'm just kidding. This is how Jesus said to deal with things. This is how the perfect God, the triune God, that has perfect unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is how they said to protect the unity in a church. It is not doing it our way. I'll tell you this. Sometimes, everything I think is that is... Of course God would do it this way. I look at scripture and God said the exact opposite, not to do it that way. You know what I would say? Somebody does wrong to you? How I naturally feel? Forget them. Aren't we glad that God didn't say forget them about us? I mean, think about it. The reason all of you are in here today is to grow into the image of Christ. Christ. The reason I'm talking about this today is so that we can actually grow up in the image of Christ. And I'm not saying it sarcastically, I'm saying it seriously. If we want to grow up, let's grow up. Let's be like Jesus. Let's not say, well, that's Jesus and this is me. How's that going to go in heaven? How, think about it, you go up to heaven, Jesus says, did, did you really say I'm not Jesus Jesus forgives you, but I, I'm not going to forgive you. Did, did you really say that when I've forgiven you of all this stuff? Because you know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to show you everything he's forgiven you from. The Father is going to show you everything that he's forgiven. All the trespasses against God have been forgiven so that we can receive forgiveness and go out and forgive the world and forgive our brethren so the world can see, hey, you're actually like Jesus. You know what Gandhi said? I love Jesus. I don't like you Christians. I love your Savior. I don't like you guys. Because every encounter that he dealt with was Jesus was great, but you guys aren't following after Jesus. And then we come to church, and we want to grow the church because the Bible says, go in all the world, preach the gospel, get people saved, get them baptized, make disciples. And we're making disciples of me's, instead of disciples of Jesus Christ. And we're training our kids to hold grudges. And then at the same time that we're training our kids to hold grudges and training our friends to hold grudges, we're saying, listen, anything you do, you can ask God for forgiveness. You know what the kid says? We don't forgive other people, but God forgives us. So those are the people that end up walking away from church Because they don't see their whole mindset is that we hold on to things that offend us. And if I hold on to things that offend me, I know know mommy and daddy said to forgive people, but they didn't really do it. Maybe God won't really forgive me. And then they say things like this. If I walk into church, the walls will fall down. This is truth. This is why we're here. To grow into the image of Christ. I am not disregarding wrong that has happened to you. I am emphasizing the forgiveness that God has towards you. And when God has this forgiveness towards you, you can only give what you've received. If you've received eternal forgiveness, you can give eternal forgiveness to people. That is the church. That is what we're called to do. Be a light in a dark place. We are not called to stay babies. Can you imagine if we all walked in with diapers on? We laugh, but it's true. Some of us walked in spiritually with diapers on today. And it's time we grow up. It's a choice. My son Jack, yesterday, I got overalls on him. We go to a birthday party. I don't know how he did this because one was still strapped. He walks up to me in his diaper with his overalls out like, ha! Because he thinks clothes are ridiculous. I guarantee you, when he's older, he ain't going to be that way. Why? Because he's growing up. When we grow up into the image of Christ, that's how we can accurately portray a Savior that nobody can see We can portray that Savior, Jesus Christ, to the world so they can see Christ in you because they see the forgiveness that you've received and you're freely giving. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let them be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. There's going to be times when people just want to be the way they are and they are not going to change. What do you do? You pray for them always, but you know how they are and who they are. So you pray and you keep them at arm's length because bad company corrupts good morals. Do you want to be like them or do you want to be like Jesus? And Jesus says, stay away from them. Love them, pray for them, stay away from them. It's toxic. I got another scripture for you. You ready? Told you we'd camp out for a little bit. Galatians 6, 1 through 5. Brethren, if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of what? Gentleness. We gently restore them. Listen, God died for you. Somebody's caught with a trespass, somebody did something wrong, somebody offended somebody. Don't be like, I can't believe, that's so stupid. When are you going to grow up? How would that be if you told your kids that? How would you respond if somebody talked to you like that? You who are spiritual or Christ-like, restore such one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted bear one another's burdens, therefore fulfill the law of Christ. There's so much more. After the conversation happens, then it's time for restoration and growth. You're weak in this area. You're weak in gossiping. Listen, people gossip. Jesus is fully aware. Let's be strong in our faith, but gentle in our growing up. Let's be strong in our faith that we believe Jesus Christ forgives so we can forgive. Let's be strong in our beliefs. But let's have a spirit of gentleness so we can restore the people. And when we restore them, it's like changing a diaper on a baby. It ain't fun. It's not going to be fun. Sometimes it's going to stink. But you know what? When you're gentle with a child changing the diaper, you're them, listen, you've got to stop doing that. Jack, we're almost there. We're getting there. But I don't put them on the table, wipe them, just you, get over this and put them back down. I don't do that. Why should we do that with other believers? We shouldn't. I hope you guys are getting something out of this. Bear one another's burdens. Don't let people go through things alone. Things that are weak, for them, help them, and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. You're not too good to get involved in somebody's sanctification. The Bible says you don't deceive anyone else but yourself. You might say, well, I, I don't understand. I'm going to close with this. You guys ever ha- heard of Jonah and the whale? Okay, so I was sitting here praying. I was actually praying this morning. I was like, God, you say to do this, but where do you do this in Scripture? Do you know that God confronts people in Scripture to make it right and gives them opportunity? And there is this man, Jonah, and God called him, the Bible says, the word of the Lord came to him to go preach to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a huge city. The Bible says it took three days to, from one end to the other three days. So Jonah's like, sure. No, he didn't say sure. He's like, no, they're evil. They're wicked. Runs away. Runs away. And he goes in the complete opposite direction, gets in a boat, goes in the center of the boat. He's running from what God asked him to do. Great waves come, great destruction. The guys are freaking out. They're like, oh, we're going to die. He goes, guys, it's me. I'm running from God. Throw me overboard, everything will be fine. So they throw him overboard. <laughs> Those good guys right there. Here, get rid of him fast. <laughs> yeah, he said it. All of a sudden, the sea's calm. A couple of minutes after, but Jonah gets eaten by a, a whale, a fish. Something huge. Something just... Got him. It's like you and a gummy bear. Sometimes you don't even swallow. Or you don't chew, you just swallow. That's what happened. He just... just it's just in there floating around. We don't know how many days the gummy bears are there. I would imagine they're there for a few days, okay? So this thing's like, mm, got it. So he repents in the whale or the fish, fishing whale, whatever. He repents. And literally, God causes the animal to get sick to his stomach, and he throws him up on the beach, so Jonah then goes, he goes, okay, if you ever needed a sign, that's probably a sign, like, <laughs> go to Nineveh. So he goes to Nineveh, and this is where I want you guys to hear. I'm going to read this and just follow along with me. Jonah 3, 1 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. <laughs> This is, I don't know, I just get such a kick from this, because God came to him the first time, he gets eaten by the whale, he becomes whale vomit, he's back, and then God comes in, hey, guess what, I want you to go to Nineveh. So guess what he does? Go to Nineveh, second time saying, "Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call it against, against it, the message that I tell you. Guess what Jonah did? He actually did it. Sometimes we need some extra, extra attention, and God gives it, and we do it, right? So Jonah rose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city, Um, going a day's journey. He called out, yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They called for a fast and put sackcloth from the greatest of them to the least of them. The word reached the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, removed his robe, covered his face, or covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he issued a proclamation and published through Nineveh, by decree of the king and his nobles, let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed or drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and let them call out mightily to God. Let everyone turn from his evil way. And the, from the violence that is in his hand, who knows? God may turn and relent, and turn from his fierce anger, so that we may not perish. When God saw that they what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster, and He had said He would do to them, or that He would said He would do to them, and He did not do it. God confronts things. You need another example of God confronting. God confronts you with his word. Spirit of God, when you're sitting here listening, the Holy Spirit's either telling you, you should receive this, this is for you. A lot of times you're like, this is for so-and-so. If they were here right now, no, there's a reason you're here. You get it, okay? Let God get them at another time, okay? So when you're here and you're hearing the scripture, God's confronting you. Are you going to turn from your ways? Are you going to do it your way? God confronts because he cares. You confront or you should confront because you care. I hope this message ministered to you. I hope the word of God uh, did something inside of you to cause you to want to grow into the image of Christ. And I'm going to pray. And at this time, I want us all to bow our heads and close our eyes. And you might say, you know what, I'm already saved. Let me, how many you guys think you're saved? <laughs> Everybody's raising your hand. Good. We only had one or two people. Come on, church, raise your hand. <laughs> if there's anybody in here today, and you realize, you know what, I don't walk in that unconditional forgiveness towards people, I challenge you in this. Have you truly received the forgiveness from God? Have you received God's forgiveness for you in Christ Jesus? Or have you been playing church for years? At this time, with everybody's head bowed, eyes closed, if there's anyone in here that you don't know for sure, that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you would like to, this is the opportunity you have. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not going to embarrass you. But know this, at 1105 on January 22nd, 2003, this could be the day that you're made in the image of Jesus Christ. If there, if there is anyone at this time, raise your hand. I'm not going to call you down and embarrass you. We're just going to say a prayer. But everybody's going to say it together. I'm looking. I'm looking. All right. Let's everybody raise, raise their head, open their eyes. The Bible says this. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. What does that mean? It means you believe that Jesus paid for your sins. You call on his name for the forgiveness of sins, and you're saved. Those of you watching, what I just said, if you believe Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that he paid for your sins, just say, I believe Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, and the Bible says you are a new creature, new creation in Christ Jesus, that you're forgiven. That being said, it is time for us to have unity with the brethren so we can reach the world
0: we are gonna pray for you to be able to have those courageous those uncomfortable conversations to do it God's way amen so we're gonna pray that you have the grace you have the strength you have the wisdom to do this Because just like Chris said if we don't have unity in the church how will we reach the people outside of the church amen Heavenly Father we thank you for every single person that is in our church this morning and anyone that is watching online We thank you that as we've heard the word about forgiveness, that you would help us have those courageous, those uncomfortable conversations, but that we know we're not going into that conversation alone. We know that we are with you, that you are with us. The Holy Spirit is leading and guiding us. I thank you, Lord, for wisdom. I thank you, Father, that if we lack understanding on how to proceed, how to How to go forward in this situation father that you would reveal to us in wisdom the direction to take the steps to take the conversation the word because you know their heart you know our heart and father you know how to bring peace you know how to bring unity and i thank you that our church walks in forgiveness Father, that we are not held back by trespasses. We are not held back by grievances or things that want to hold us back. Take our attention to limit us in your hand, Father. We thank you that our gifting as a church is to walk in forgiveness, that we are a church that flows in forgiveness. And we thank you for being with us in those courageous, those tough conversations, Father. Lead us, guide us, and I thank you that we're going to see the fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo-woo! teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.